Welcome back to The Hum and the Holler. This is the podcast where we take you through 2021, month by month and spell by spell, working through the images in our 2021 calendar. You might have that calendar. You may not have that calendar. The images are available on our website and also on Instagram each month, so you can follow along however you would like. Our website, abacuscorvus.com. Um, and you also get to hang out with us here. We are, you may know us as Abacus Corvus. We also know ourselves as Karina Dross and Joe Mosier. I'm Karina. My illustrious sister is Joe. This is our third episode, and uh, we just want to take a minute at the top to talk about how grateful we are for our 25 Patreon supporters who believe in this brand new baby project. Um, your support and love are palpable. We are making this because we love talking to, to each other. We love talking. I love talking. We definitely love talking to each other. And so much of our process in our creative collaboration comes through the conversations we have in the kind of space that we open f to be spontaneous and to um, just chat it out with each other and interrupt each other and have ideas come through us. So this is what we're doing this year is sharing those conversations with you. And in addition to this particular podcast, The Hum and The Holler, there's a few others that you might find either on our Patreon or on this feed. One of them called The Hum is a look at the astrology of each month from new moon to new moon. I released that and the next one will be on March 12th for that. And if you're on Patreon, you'll also get bonus episodes every month that are audio recordings of the meditation that Joe writes on the blog. And that one is called The Hush. As we begin to talk about the calendar, let's remember that this year, the calendar is also a riddle. Karina, where are we in the riddle this month? So we've spelled out one complete sentence. A hush holds between the hum and the holler. Period. The first spell of this year in January, a hush holds, was the riddle introduced. Uh, it brought us into the experience of silence, into something being held, into this kind of potent hidden space. And then the next month, last month, introduced this tension between the hum and the holler. And so we've introduced the three key themes of this calendar, hush, hum, and holler. But this month brings in a new sentence and a new mood. Worlds within worlds. This is kind of like our first provisional answer for the riddle we're trying to solve. What do we find when we start to answer that question of what holds between the hum and the holler? What do we find when we turn inward, when we listen differently? Yeah, exactly. And in this particular image and spell, we're, we're shown beauty and complexity. And some of the interesting relationships that happen between larger and smaller scales of systems. I mean, we're looking way in on this flower, uh, but it also kind of looks like we're zooming out. I don't know if that's actually the right way to say it at all, but it's confusing. I'm going to just say that it's confusing. There's something about the image that takes us so close into the flower that it becomes a little bit abstract and it stops being a flower and it starts being patterns of and rhythms of shape and color and light and shadow. And 
something about that is going to be telling us something that we're going to get into <laughs> later into this podcast. I mean, there's a little bit of a mystery to it, but um, you can zoom in, you can zoom out. There's some, there's some stuff going on between relationships of um, bigger and smaller scale, personal, universal, individual, collective, um, all, of, all of those ideas are going to be present. And one thing you might hear us say over and over again on this podcast as it arises is that we don't always know what these images mean and what these spells mean when we make them or even when we sit down to write about them. There is a way that we tap into things as artists, as healers, um, that maintain their mystery, that maintain their sense of complexity and nuance, even as we are trying to put more language to them. And this spell, I think we agree, is one of the more mysterious, is, is one of the more difficult to grapple with in language. So let's see how we do. Now we're going to take a look at the image itself and feel free to look at the image while we talk about it, or you can close your eyes and follow along to story time as we give you some language and associations for the painting that you see on the page for this month's spell. Karina, do you want to take us through story time? Here is the story of what we're looking at here. Um, this is an extreme close-up of a dahlia in full bloom. It is a pink dahlia with yellowish, whitish petals near the center. Um, there is that kind of regular fractal patterning of petals moving out from the center. And as they move towards the edges, there's more shadow, there's more darkness, more of kind of like a dark fuchsia comes in. And in the very corners of the image, you can see a greenish background and a greenish kind of the, the, the sepals, like the little leaves that come off of the bottom of a flower head are visible. And you start to notice that this is maybe more than one flower, that this is one dahlia, that its edges bleed into a few other flowers that are cropped by the edge of the uh, composition. So when you first look at it, it just looks like this overwhelming one big flower, very bright, very big, quite a holler in the language of this calendar. And the longer you look at it, you start to notice there are other characters that are touching this flower that are oriented in different directions, kind of facing down, facing away from that central point. And maybe the last thing I want to say about it is that um, the photo that we took this from uh, was, was uh, a photo that I took of some flowers on my table in my kitchen in the summertime. And the photo itself has this kind of uncanny heightened regularity of a dahlia. If you've never looked at a dahlia up close, you should do it. They, they're really like some of those things in nature that you look at them and you're like, how can this be so perfect? And the painting here has this kind of animal vitality that is um, not quite serene, that has uh, energy and dynamism and even almost a sense of violence in the high contrast of like those deep, deep pinks. Um, so there's a lot going on here. Joe, do you want to add more? Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking, I, I realized that this image, like it kind of has a rah to yeah. it. It kind of has like a bit of an attack, like it's coming with some teeth. That's the fast um, way of saying what I was trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it goes rah. Yeah, to it. And it's like, 
maybe that's you know sexy flirty maybe that's violent mean it's like it's we it's a little unclear because it's just that sort of burst that mm-hmm. flower burst feeling but yeah there is something about it that that only in the um the outer petals is there really a sense of softness that actually the main center part of the flower is really pointy it's pointy and it's kind of um edgy and it doesn't actually get soft until the outside and uh what i would want to add is uh, in addition to what i've already added is that um (laughs) when you when i first look at this image it's all it's just in my face it's pink it's like, whoa, I'm kind of taken over by it. But that the longer I look at it, the more I'm drawn in to its very to the very center of the flower, to this place where the petals have yet to open. But could you believe it? Looking at all of these petals, there are even more. There uh-huh. are even more petals that are about to be opening. And there's just this sense of uh, abundance and emergence and... Uh, I don't know what, what is the feeling when I look at that center? It's exciting. It's exciting. And it's a little bit like, oh my God, like, could there actually be more? Like maybe a little overwhelm also. Like, so there's, um, there's something about opening going on here that, that when you first look at it, it's just like, boom, I'm open. But if you look at it a little bit longer, you realize that it's actually, in a process of opening still. And there's something about that that maybe feels like it adds a little bit more of that gentleness to it. Mm. Just like, oh, there's something still kind of soft and private and quiet and magical going on there at its center. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. So what do we do with this? What does this mean? Let's talk about how to work with this spell, some deeper ideas within the words, worlds within worlds. It's a March time spell, which means it's the beginning of springtime. And particularly this year, I think there's a usual amount of restlessness and claustrophobia that comes at the end of winter. And we are at the end of a pandemic winter and it has been a full year that most of us have been in lockdown conditions and more so than usual, there's a, there's a restlessness. There's, um, I think in previous years, there's a restlessness for spring, but there's also maybe a sense that we know what it, that is. We know what the spring is going to be. We have plans. We have this sense of our future as kind of, uh, like this year during this normal regular time, I'm going to do this. And this time around, we're, we're on the brink of springtime, but we're also on the brink of questions around whether or not that actually means that we get to change the way that we've been behaving and actually like change. Are things going to change? Is the season going to change, but conditions are going to stay the same? Or do we actually get to have a change in how we're living, a change of scenery, something emerging that hasn't been the same damn stuff again and again and again. And I think that's sort of what this spell means to me when I think about it coming up at this time in this year. Yeah. And when you talk about change, I think about how much energy there is for change right now, both in all of our hearts, in the collective unconscious, in 
the astrology of these times, that there's so many um, conditions that are ripe for change. There's so much longing for change and there is change that's happening. And yet it's bringing us, as you said, into like a really different world. It's, it's almost dizzying the level of change in that we can't predict what happens next. We just know it's going to be different. And one of the images that kept coming up for us while Joe and I were talking about this spell, thinking about this particular image and what it means, um, is this image of the vortex of that kind of swirling either, you know, in, in, in scientific terms, it's usually water or air that creates this funnel with uh, different velocities and sort of this stillness in the center. Uh, metaphorically, it's a pretty good description of where we're at right now. And uh, particularly Pisces season, <laughs> if you're thinking about swirling waters, here we are, Pisces season in a time of dramatic change. So the spell feels appropriately dizzying on that level. Yeah. And one of the ideas that we have been working with is how do how do we respond to vortex energy? You know, I think the first thing that maybe comes to mind is a sense of spinning out of control, of of being caught up in a current, of not necessarily knowing where you are uh, or where you're going to land. And I think that is a lot of times the way that the mind might respond to a vortex is like this sort of circling out of control feeling. And, but as we wrote about this, as we talked about this and thought about it on our own, this other version of a vortex kind of came up and, and we can talk, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. I'm just introducing it now that, that the heart, that our hearts might actually respond very differently to that energy and, and actually might know something about it that our minds might never actually be able to grasp or understand. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are familiar with the mental vortex, with this understanding of velocity, circling, looking for answers that twist away, and this kind of anxiety that keeps you chasing them. And I'm really curious to hear you talk about how the heart experience of this is different. And I'm particularly interested in, um, Joe, would you mind just like doing some performance art for us where you embody these two different energies? Because <laughs> of course not. My sister, for, for those sure. of you who do not know my sister well, is like a champion of, vorte- of vortices, of just like like really, really good at the <laughs> swirling in a way that can be incredibly creative and brilliant, and also sometimes um, in need of grounding. And um, I say that with so much love. So please, totally. please vortex for us. Yeah, I'm going to try to act this out, uh, or demonstrate it at least, and one of the ways to demonstrate how the mind can move like a vortex is to actually take an example from our drafting of the blog, which was a little dizzying. It was a process of kind of spinning around different themes and trying to figure out exactly what actually needed to be said. And for any of you listening who who are writers, you might also have this experience sometimes where like language tries to write itself. Like if you just start a sentence, like it will just keep going and ideas will kind of move off of each other. Even if those aren't the ideas you are trying to say, like sometimes language just sort of has its own um, inertia. 
And uh, so that's kind of part of this spell as well. And here's an example. (laughs) From the drafting of the blog, I'm trying to make sense of big things. And it starts off good, right? So to work with this riddle of a spell, let's first try to find some clarity in the confusion. A wonderful idea right there. So here's where I try to break it down. This Dahlia is a fractal and a vortex. No biggie. We're just going to talk about dahlias, fractals, and vortices. A fractal is a pattern of growth that is at once repetitive, recursive, predictable, and completely jaw-droppingly fantastical and awe-inspiring. That's interesting. Those two things are interesting. A vortex is a swirling movement capable of drawing things from its surroundings into its center. With a vortex, we could find clarity in its center, or we could keep spinning out around its edges, out of control, uncertain of our location or direction. A fractal has no center, but you can orient yourself in it by recognizing its repeating pattern. At this point, I stopped writing and had no idea what I was talking about anymore. I knew that I was talking about a fractal and I was talking about a vortex, but what the hell does that have anything to do with the spell for this month? And what are we even going to be? And so then it started to spin again. So this thing happens in the mind when even when it is trying to break things down into its constituent parts and be very clear and concise, even that process, and maybe especially when you're trying to do that about fractals and and vortices, it's a little bit of a setup, but even that sort of calculated approach can end up with you spinning off again and not really necessarily knowing what you're saying, why you're saying it, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's an example of a mind vortex, a playful example. I think we all, as Karina mentioned earlier, might have much more haunting examples, like when we're actually stuck in anxiety um, or when we're up against problems that feel really intense and we don't know how to solve them. The mind likes to come in and it likes to think that it's going to give us a fix, like it's going to give us the answer. And it's really not always capable of that. So then if we're going to talk about this vortex in terms of how the heart experiences it, the first thing I want to say, and maybe this is just going to be another mind vortex, we're about to find out, but the even just splitting things off into mind and heart is a very mind thing to do. And, and it's something that comes up when we're trying to write about something. We want, to, we want to be using categories that make sense, that help people orient as they're reading and just feel like we know what we're talking about and you know what we're talking about. And it's a very good human language comprehension feeling. But when we're talking about how the, heart, how the heart experiences a vortex, it's like, what are you even talking about? And for that, I might actually come back to the actual spell for this. Worlds within worlds is, is exactly what brought up the idea of a heart in a vortex, is like the center point. If, if there's all this spinning around and all of this sort of confusion and energy and velocity of being alive, especially as a human, the, the heart is like at the center of it. And, and when, when we are in our hearts, the vortex is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's life itself. It's maybe sometimes ecstatic, maybe sometimes peaceful but it's from that place at the center where there's actually, there's an experience of joy 
maybe, or of union, or of just knowing, a kind of knowing and a kind of being that is very different than the mind needing to try to understand something or make it understandable. The heart just knows, and that experience is very delicious. It's it's so delicious that the mind likes to jump all over it and go, ha ha, there it is. There's the answer. That is the answer. And so this is where it gets a little vortexy in us talking about this spell is that there's something going on with the heart and how it experiences things from the center. It is a centering experience, even if there's chaos, even if there's emergence, but the mind is just unstoppable in its attempt to co-opt this experience and try to make it understandable or some kind of answer to a problem. Okay. I have, I have things to say. And before I say them, I really just want to say um, how thrilled I am to be your sister and be witness to um, the way that your mind and heart vortices intersect and your clarity about them even in the chaos like I'm just I'm having this amazing experience listening to you and just being like this is how it works this is how my sister's brain works this is how we have learned about life together our whole damn lives is is through the spinning of experience through these funnels inside of ourselves okay I'm I'm catching it now so what I want to get to though is um is that point where we are in our hearts, we're feeling centered, and then the mind latches on and says, aha, this is the answer. Because that brings us back to where we are in the riddle of this year. If this was the answer to the riddle of the year, it would not be coming in March. It wouldn't just be like the third out of 12 spells and then everything else is gravy and you're just like, we solved it already and now we're just going to frolic. Just cute animals. Um, This is a provisional answer. This This is a what we've landed on now, right? Not, um, not, not the, the truth for all time, but the mind really wants there to be like a capital T truth, especially when you have those experiences of deep centering, deep joy, deep love, deep, deep connection, that, that sort of spiritual, empathic, artistic, however you experience it, that sense of, from the center of my being, I'm connected to all of life in a way that feels blissful, aka Pisces season. Anyway, um, when we reach that, there's a way that our mind wants to get involved and the stories it tells us can get twisted. That is the nature of the mind in a vortex. Yeah, absolutely. Where my mind is going is this idea that um, the experience of we are all one is like holy. If that's like something that has happened where you're like, holy, wow, I know this on a deep cellular level. It's incredible. And yet the words, we are all one, are like, it's a bumper sticker. What I think is very true union, true interconnectedness, the mind is like, let's take that And just plaster it over all of the painful, complicated differences and inequities that I find in my flawed human existence. And instead of trying to stay in my heart 
as I confront pain, suffering, things I can't control, things I can't fix, rather than staying in my heart and feeling what it feels like to be a human who cares, to be a human who knows that there's actually a paradox, that we are one and we aren't one. We are all unified and we are separate. We are different. We have subjective experiences that are all we got. And those subjective experiences are ours. And I would say they are sacred for being ours. They are unrepeatable. Um, you know, they're not, they're not the fractal. They're not recursive. They're actually these unique iterations. And if we just get stuck in, uh, we are all one, then we miss, I mean, not only do we miss like really big, uh, systemic issues that need our attention and our accountability and our hearts and our minds, but we also miss the, the really heartbreaking beauty of each individual iteration of life and growth which I think the heart is the, the heart is the only part of us that can actually handle that. If the mind actually starts to be like, oh my God, what is everybody's subjective experience? Oh my God. And what about the flowers and the rocks and the crows and the, you know, like it, yes, it just, yes, yes, <laughs> it just yes, goes yes. on and on and on. But in your heart, you might actually be able to feel it. But anyway, what we're talking about is is spiritual bypassing. Right, which is really common right now if you are, practicing any kind of spiritual tradition and you're hanging out online you will see this uh this message of light and love and all we need is this and we just need to understand we're all one human race and often these messages come um as a way of shutting down what is more complex what is more subjective what is more nuanced shutting down um experiences that are not shared experiences that are distinct and or or experiences that are not uh, in the dominant light. Sometimes it's the experiences that are actually shared among a lot of people, but they just don't want, there's a whole group of people who don't want to admit that those experiences exist or that mm. they're important. Like if we say that we're all suffering, then we're not highly evolved because we ought as individuals to be able to ascend from the suffering. And if we just manifest it hard enough we will live in the bliss at all times. Like that kind of story. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which comes mm -hmm. from a real sense of pain, for sure. And and yet, I, I think that spiritual bypassing, um, not only does it just not do us any favors when we use it, but it can be leveraged toward a much darker phenomenon that's happening right now that um, is known as conspirituality. Oh, yeah which is that, that kind of intersection of conspiracy theories and spiritualness that's happening all over the internet these days. And if you want to learn more about this, and particularly the QAnon uh, cult, there is an incredibly good episode of the podcast, uh, Ghost of a Podcast by Jessica Lanyato. It's episode 190, an interview with Abby Richards. And we'll drop the link in the show notes because they just really killed it. We really love to leave you with something succinct about each of these spells. And it's hard to be succinct about a vortex. So the thought that we really want to end on before we wrap up this part of the podcast and move on to rituals is to remember that this is not the end of the sentence that we began with this month. 
Worlds Within Worlds is a beginning to a fuller thought. And so as we're working with the rituals that we'll, we'll hop into next, I just invite you to consider the ways that vortex energy shows up in your life, the ways it can bring you creativity and inspiration, and also the ways it can kind of spin you out of center and spin you into anxiety, uh, stories that, that you believe from a, a sense of needing to hold onto something when we're spinning, right? So let's leave it there for now and, and hop over to what do we do with this spell? What are some rituals we can do to work with this energy? For the rituals, as usual, Karina and I have different styles of, of thinking about these things. So we're going to each talk to it. But this time is a little bit different than the last couple of months because our contributions actually work really well together and kind of dovetail off each other. So Karina, do you want to start? Yeah. So ordinarily, I love my rituals to involve a lot of language. I I find my way into... Um, the work that I need to be doing on an energetic spiritual level, often through words. And this, this case is different. I have a different uh, helper for you this month. And it is very specifically working with flower essences. So the Dahlia flower essence is one that helps strengthen our faith and confidence during intense emotional stress. So it allows there to be this sense of... Um, I believe that even in all the turmoil, even in all the unfixable problems, even in all the ways my brain is scurrying around like a tiny little rodent trying to prepare for the worst unforeseen circumstances, even through all of this, I believe in an inherent beauty that I get to tap into because I'm alive. And I have found flower essences to be in incredibly effective at shifting emotional patterns that feel unshiftable. So I encourage you to find some from wherever you might find them. And if you don't feel like supporting capitalism, you can make them. Find yourself a Dahlia, put it in some water, let it hang out for a while, take that water, do something cool and witchy with it. That is my ritual for you. Thank you, Karina. I liked even just hearing you read those words my my follow-up to that is actually just to turn the message from that flower into a practice. And so what comes to mind is to spend some time... My, my practices tend to... You know, Karina is a little more verbal. I'm a bit more somatic in, in terms of how we do our rituals. And so I imagine this ritual being a very heart-centered ritual, some, something where you can practice staying in your heart, even when you might be giving yourself some sort of stimulus that would normally activate your mind or activate your worry or, or some other part of you than the part that kind of knows that, um, not that like everything's like all sweet and roses out in the world, but that like, it's okay. You're okay. It's okay that we're alive even in these chaotic times and it's okay to feel good and it's okay to feel connected even when there's a lot of pain and suffering. Um, so to work with this, take your pick, take your pick of one of the many things about our world that's broken 
that makes you want to jump into action, that makes you want to jump into a problem-solving state of mind. And for a moment, maybe a long moment, maybe a short moment, hold in your heart the feelings that are associated with this broken thing. How does it feel to know that it's broken? How do you even know that it's broken? How does it touch you? How does it impact you in your heart? And then maybe the, the, the big part of this is to hold a very real faith in the possibility that it will change, that this broken thing will heal. It will be, that it is healable. And you don't necessarily need to know how And you don't necessarily need to have an action plan, but to be able to hold in your heart the possibility that even the most painful parts of our life are changeable. As you're offering that, Joe, I just got to say, ouch. Like, I I know how crunchy this can get when you try to bring a sense of hope or optimism to the things that you spent your entire life watching not get better. And so we're not trying to do any spiritual bypassing here. We're not asking you to forget about reality or oh yeah, pretend that there is a magical answer to any of this. But more, um, this, is, this ritual is for an energetic realignment with your connection to the world. Thank you for that. It's, as I was talking, it's like what was coming to my mind was just messages that I, that I get from the people that I look up to in the world who are doing a lot of work and transformational justice and, and how, and how the, the kind of message is like, you can't do this work if you think it's not going to work. If, if, you know, like Mm -hmm. if, if you're focusing on the, the fundamental transformation of our way of life as people together, if you don't think it's going to happen, how are you aiming at it? And so it's, it's very much not a let's yeah. sit in our hearts instead of doing the work. It's like, let's sit in our hearts so that that's what's leading our work fundamentally, that we're being led by our hearts. Whew. That's powerful. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for clarifying. Thank you. I didn't want to leave it, leave it on any kind of don't spiritual bypass except yeah. for during this stupid ritual. <laughs> right. This has been a tricky spell this month. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have gotten an intellectual, (laughs) emotional, and spiritual workout in the several days that we've been writing the blog, having these conversations together, and recording this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to actually just say one more thing, which is that after kind of trying to articulate what a practice could be that brings you in your heart and you do do these things, I also kind of want to follow it up and say another thing you could do is just go be with people you love. And talk about the things that you're passionate about and and relax. That's another option. I'm gonna throw in one more ritual too. <laughs> and this is this is particularly <laughs> crafted for Pisces season, which I'm going to talk about more when I drop the hum in a few days. But um Pisces energy is the energy of releasing. It's the energy of non-productivity, connection to the whole in a way that feels healing and beautiful. And many of us need this more than we can get it right now. And when your life is fast paced, when you have a lot of anxiety, um, 
we tend to try to find that quickly through like, oh, I'm just going to watch TV. I'm going to smoke some weed. I'm going to do a thing that will really quickly take me out of this current reality and into another one. And, you know, harm reduction, people. Like, do what you need to do. No shame on whatever it is that helps you relax. But I also want to offer that um, the relaxation that Pisces season is asking you to tap into is the kind that actually feels good for you. Like, you should be enjoying it. You should not be like, ah, I just need to, like, fast as possible change my experience. Or this is just the thing I always do because it's my habit and I kind of don't even love how I feel on it, but I don't know what else to do to get me to that spot, right? So think about what you do for pleasure. Think about what you do for relaxation. And my last ritual for you is, like, enjoy it more. Find a way to enjoy it more right now. Mm -hmm. So some hard work that maybe sounds important to do. And then if you need to actually ignore anything that I said <laughs> that sounds hard, please do that and just go enjoy <laughs> yourself and release and listen to my sister. <laughs> okay, let's wrap up. To close our third episode of The Hum and the Holler, we just have a couple of notes I would like to say that we have more calendars. They came back from the West Coast. They have traveled from the East Coast to the West Coast, from the West Coast to stores, from stores back to the West Coast, and then all the way to us. So they are very experienced and worldly calendars, but they don't show it. <laughs> They're still all shrink-wrapped and look beautiful, and you can have them for uh, less money than they normally cost on our Etsy store. And if you want to follow us on Instagram to hear what we're up to between these podcasts, we are at Abacus Corvus, A-B-A-C-U-S-C-O-R-V-U-S. Our website is also abacuscorvus.com. You can get to our Etsy shop from there. And stay tuned for our next episode on this feed, which will be The Hum, the astro weather podcast from new moon to new moon that will drop on March 12th. And please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. That helps us out a ton. And if you want it ad-free, please follow us on Patreon, where you also get a bonus episode of an audio recording of the meditation each month. Hey, Joe. Yeah. How do we even end a podcast that's about infinite swirling? Hmm. I can see it in my head, but there's no way I'm going to be able to get this out in language. Mm -hmm.